0: My wife was supposed to do the prayer, but uh, at 2.30 this morning, she and Jenny Lou Eberhard headed toward Michigan. Jenny dropped my wife off in Nashville. So, you get me instead. Can Is it hearable? Okay. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we recognize today that You are indeed God and with and beside you, there there is no other. Beside you, there is there is nothing. And we come as your children, knowing that uh, we're here to meet this morning with the one who spoke the whole universe into existence. We come expecting your presence with us. Would you make us mindful and capable of being mindful that you are indeed in our midst? Would you hear our prayers, O oh Lord, many are, are ill, many have, have suffered physical loss from these terrible storms, problems abound in this world, but we know that where there is trouble, your grace even more abounds. So as your grateful and thankful children, Lord, here we are. Bless us in Christ's name, amen. You ready? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Here comes the program. Uh, the, I'm not gonna explain the slides and somebody, somebody help me distribute. But these are my pictures. I'd like for y'all to give them back when you get through if you care to look at the pictures. Are you, you think we're leave the lights on? It's hard to see. Oh, hard to see it. Okay. Just let me know when you want me to go to the next slide. Oh, okay. no, just roll them, roll them. I'm not, I'm not going to comment on the slide. The pictures are there. Y'all look at them. I can't tell you all about the pictures and tell you about the trip too. Uh, so we're going to roll the pictures and y'all see what you can see and, uh, uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll stand for themselves. Well, uh, I'm, uh, delighted to be here. Uh, this is a, a tucan feathers that the chief gave me it probably was because we went over and treated his father who had had a stroke and we treated his high blood pressure uh, but I guess because I was a doctor I, I, what did you get Joanne? They, monkey she got monkey teeth uh, <laughs> I know, no, no, no let, let me see right now I'm going to talk until time runs out and that's going to be the end of it I want to tell you, Joanne Ewing I'm going to call her Dr. Joanne Ewing she ran. We we ran two clinics, and between the two of us, we had some Peruvian lady doctor down there for about a day, who didn't do anything. And I think 680 people got seen in two villages. Wow! I'm going to tell you that uh, this uh, this trip was awfully wonderful. Now I'm just going to talk about it from Paul Beaton's standpoint. It was awful, and it was wonderful. <laughs> You know, I mean uh it it is a real spiritual lesson to me in in the midst of it all. You know, I spent most of my life wondering when I was gonna grow up. Uh and if faith meant, you know, learning to be cool about everything. And I think I've decided that, that ain't got nothing to do with faith. The opposite of faith is unbelief. But we're human beings, right? When you run into rain and mud, and you missed appointments and things like that, if it don't bother you just a little teeny bit, you ain't really tuned in.
1: <laughs>
0: and so I thank God for faith, because what faith does is it overcomes the world around you. Right? Faith overcomes the world, and so we are. Uh, we're we're we're, we're very blessed on this trip to have accomplished the goal. We wanted to go where very few white people go, to the Oshininka people. And when you ride down this, these, these are terrible wild rivers, you ride down there and you get to where they are, you'll climb up a mud bank for about 25, 30 feet and hope you don't fall on your butt and, uh, uh and then walk a mile off the river to where they decided to put the village because they didn't want to be right up on the river. These are Indian people. And some of them speak and don't even speak English. All the all the women and children are barefooted and wear long moo-moos. The, the chief, as a young man, must be 30, 32. Constantine, Chief Constantine, he's called a hippie, And the is the one that gave out uh, little awards to several of us and May. Dr. John Pearson, you all will see him, he would be walking about a foot and a half off the floor now uh, he's got him a chief's hat, <laughs> <laughs> but we were graciously accepted by the Hashemi because There was some question as to what, how that would go when we first got there. They're, they're a little bit shy because they don't see a bunch of us. But it didn't take them any time to warm up. And I I felt like the way we we dealt with them. If y'all see a picture in there, it's got a two-story building with white sheets underneath. That's our clinic, and inside those white sheets, with the wind blowing them every kind of way. And we just, you know, we just saw people, and we saw what we always see. You know, I saw a lot of dirty children. Saw more dirty children. Well we're in the jungle. I saw some little boys with little pedicles coming out of the top of their head, and I wondered if it wasn't a horrible case of cradle cap. uh, cap. But then I decided once I got home, those were ticks. Kids with a head full of ticks. Now the little boy's got a head full of ticks, and his sister and his mama got clean hair. These people, you know, they they live in in difficult times. I'll tell you something else about the jungle. You go up to where the outhouse is, and two or three feet around the back side of the outhouse is where the jungle starts, you cannot walk into the jungle. I mean, you ain't, a, you ain't going six inches without a machete to carve it out for you. you. There is no way to walk through the jungle. And these people live there. The Yashinika people live there. I don't have any report for the class about the use of or... That's the presentation where where everybody was getting their stuff in uh, I have no report on how the, uh, the speaking, the speakers that are going to uh, speak out, they, what do we call them? The proclaimers? The proclaimers.
1: They were left
0: with, uh, Jorge Ayala. And, uh, and they, we just did not use them during the time we were there. So, it's just a, there's a lack of, of anything I can report to you there. For those who don't know, tell
2: us what
0: the proclaimers are. The proclaimers are, uh, little machines that have got the, Got, uh, got the Bible in Spanish and in Ashaninka, and they will run off of uh, sun sunlight. They'll run off of batteries, and they'll run off electricity, and um, and it gives a, a way for people that don't read and and don't speak anything but Ashaninka to hear the gospel. And
2: this class bought.
0: And this class bought what fifteen, sixteen hundred or more dollars. dollars. Yes, yes. Jorge Ayala is. Uh, is, is is the man, he's, he's Arthur's man on the ground, who will see to it that the gospel is proclaimed there. It, it struck me when we got there that what our, what it felt like to me, what our job is, is to try to get the door open and prop it open a little. And, and that's Arthur
2: what,
0: is. Arthur is our, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Arthur is our missionary, uh, Arthur Ivey and, and his wife, who were just recently home in the States. And he's got a man living down there. And um, and they will, they will do what Arthur does. They will go in and build small groups and disciple groups. And they'll teach them good Christian doctrine. So the big thing is not going in there and build a church. Big thing is going in there and get cells of people that are functioning together as Christian, as Christian disciples. Was Arthur, <coughs> excuse me, was Arthur there? Arthur was there. Okay. Yes. He, he preceded you. Uh, Arthur and John went with Billy Drum, uh, and Jorge Ayala down there last spring and set up this yep, trip. Yep. I'll tell you what yes. else struck me maybe even more than, than I've always, we've always noticed this. You go down among these people and so the, the person that you're going to see before they come to see me, the doctor, I lost my voice the other day and I got it back through steroids, so I gotta keep this going. <clears throat> and also I got 30 trees down in my yard. I had to cut 14 trees and move them out of the way for it to get the car out. But the, but back to faith. Thank you Jesus. We still got a house. Right. But the difficulty in dealing with these, with these people is an interesting thing. I wish I had a board All right. right? These people do not know how to talk about how they feel. Now, in, in psychiatry, I have a lovely word. I looked it up the dictionary. It's not the dictionary. A-lexithymia. In the Greek, A means ain't got none. No. no none of this. Hey, Put A in the front of me. Thing. Lexa. Same word for lexicon or lectionary words. No words. Thymia. Feeling. No words. Feeling. I see that in prisoners. I see it in prisoners. We also, of course, see alexithymia among us, But so we're not just these poor, poor, uneducated people down in the jungle who can talk only about, oh, doctor, there, what's it called? My, my kidneys. I have pain in my kidneys, a pain in my ovaries, you know, a, a pain in my knee. And you ask them to show it where it is on the knee. And they run the hand all the way down to the foot and up the knee and up to here and across their belly. <laughs> They, they know how to talk about pain, but they've got no language stored up in their head to tell you how they feel. Now you know what, us educated folks do. We have another way to avoid talking about how we feel. That's called intellectualism. You ever heard that word? If uh, Linda were to tell me how she would, how she feels and what her faith means to her, I could say, well, Linda, I, I certainly am delighted that you told me about that and shared with me your experience. And I can see how really meaningful it is to you. And I know that, that that just has has been so important to you. But you know, on the other hand, I think I have some tendency to kind of look at things in a different kind of way. How'd you like that crap? <laughs> That's what us intellectuals do to avoid the, the spirit, to avoid what the scriptures say to us about who we are and what it is that's the matter with us. So when missionaries go in talking with these people down there, there is a there is a problem. And, and, and the problem is to be able to introduce a gospel that says there's God in heaven and he loves you. And he cares about you. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants to herd you in as his children, put his arms around you and love you. And he gave his life for you. All that kind of language. you uh, you gotta do some work to get people to understand what that kind of does that make sense to you? There's some work there's some work involved. Try to get to get that language so it penetrates our people. I saw some sad people. We always see some sad people. One woman says her twenty two year old son walking down a jungle path. They cut out a nice path. You're to go back there and work on it regularly to keep your path. And flat out kiss appeared, walking down a jungle path, and seeing a hide nor hair of it. She was depressed. <laughs> a young man and his wife came in, and y'all, y'all know, I mean, you can't, you can't be a psychiatrist for four years, four or three years, and not learn to read people's faces. You know, you don't tend to learn to read them, you just learn to read them. And terribly, terribly <laughs> depressed folks. And he and the husband were quiet and depressed. And the wife was depressed and depressed like this. Eyes down, mouth completely straight, no expression on her face, no nothing. So finally, Dr. Beecham said, you are depressed. And my interpreter said, you are depressed. I can see it on your face, you see. And then we started talking about depression. And then I said, okay, we're going to talk enough about depression then I switched over and went straight to the gospel. Do you know what the scripture says about depression? Worry. You know? I gave her a little four or five minute sermon on don't worry about anything, you cast all your cares on the Lord. There's God. You've got to learn how to take this to God. I think that's the only sermon I preached for is to a to a patient. And before we got done talking, there was a brightening in her face and then they the sheep, they were up in the other little village, went to two villages. The next day, she came back by to say, thank you. And of course, you know, me. The way the grace of God appears to me, I I can never deal with it without without tears. But what a wonderful blessing it is, you know, to be the one who has the privilege of bringing the good news. It's a a wonderful privilege. Went to two villages, and uh, one village had a sloping uphill, and the top of the hill was a military. Complex. The river that we're working on is a river that they it will intercept you and stop you and, and check you out because they run drugs there. Uh, I'm skipping around. On the first time that we were you know, flying a plane, get there at midnight, hop on a bus, ride all night long over a road there are repairing over top of a 16,000 foot mountain, eat breakfast in another place and finally get to a little small village in the interior. About 3 or 4 o'clock, get up the next morning, jump in uh, six or eight taxicabs, two hours down the road, gravel road, running through water and streams, and ready to a little place where all the, you see all the boats lined up on the pictures, and we're going to get in there and go. No Arthur Ivey. When we got out of town a little ways, there's the military stopping, checking everybody. And they were talking to Arthur. Well, I'm sorry, not Arthur will be here in a few minutes. Uh-uh military took Arthur back into town turned him over to the police they want to know where Arthur got all those drugs you know we got $15,000 of drugs packed up on the back of Arthur's truck and these idiots are asking him where are your original receipts I'll tell you what Arthur got on his phone and called somebody back in Juan Kyle and produced original receipts and it took the district to turn him, to turn him loose well, we're sitting all day long, I'm complaining now, okay, this is the natural Paul Beecham we're complaining, and we sit on our rear ends and ate bananas and bought whatever you could get a whole day and spent the night in a little, and bless you, and spend the night in. And then the next morning, Arthur finally got down there, and then we ride all eight, nine hours up against the stream, five hours coming back with the stream, really fast moving river. And we all bought our boots. We all went to town and bought us slip-on boots. And I'm going to tell you, I us see, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't Joanne, it was Lou, Louisa. I'm helping her lead across two little boards. There's a little bit of ditch there. It was hill climb. She went down on one side of them, and I went down on the other side. People fell in the mud. You got mud on you, you just track the mud right on into the little house. But that's no problem, because the dogs and the chickens come in the same house. If you want to go to the toilet, you have to be careful what, what kind of steps you stand where you step, because you might step in a lot of mud. And while we we're in the jungle, I got I got twice an opportunity to visit the shower. It was right out behind the kitchen. You could look over the top of the shower while it was like people working around here while you were showering. The women had another shower they tended to go to. maybe in there, three or four at a time, making a lot of giggling I don't know what do. <laughs> uh, you know what might be good might be good for me to just stop and, and, and ask y'all questions and join in please with any I won't do and say anything that she cares to say what else y'all like to hear about this what what right what? <laughs> and these aren't Well, hit me with one. Give me your best one. All right. Carol, given your research, what did you do to treat the man's stroke? Um, First of all, I gave him a diagnosis. That's a good place to go. He's been sick, six years, and he sits there like like this and stares straight ahead. And to find out, he does have some comprehension, but people who have strokes don't talk much anymore, do they? They don't look much at you. They just kind of look out there. And we check his blood pressure. Send him some blood pressure medicine. Uh, but we went over to his house and sat down there beside him, held his hand, looked at him, talked to him. And the chief knows that we cared enough to come over to his house and look at his sick daddy. And I think when you, when you read the, when you read the, the gospel, you remember in, a, in, in the last day, few days of his life, Jesus was in these arguments with scribes and Pharisees. And their question is, by what authority are you doing this? And Jesus finally said to them, if you won't accept the authority that I say I have, or who I am, to do what I'm doing, here's the question. Why can't you just take a look at what's happened? The sick are being healed, the lame can walk, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, a man came back from the dead. You know, why, why can't you just, why can't you just, uh, do that. So I think that one of the things that you do when you, when you, when we go to do this, it's just prima facie evidence that somebody cared enough to come and we do what we can. I wrote a bunch of Ivy programs. But you also affirmed that what you expect or what? Yes. I really wondered whether or not, whether or not I love to examine the little children, but, you know, sit them, sit them up here on my knee and listen to their heart, listen to their lungs, and take the stethoscope out and stick it in the kid's ears and let him listen to his own heart. And, <laughs> and be able to, uh, to say that, uh, did you see a, a, a kid that had something bad wrong? We saw one kid had a, had some stuff called a teratoma. Teratoma is a place where, the little spot where the genetic code got messed up. On this little kid, an eight-month-old kid, on his left knee is a place where the skin, the intact skin, almost like you you just drew a circle around the bottom and circle around the top, is solid black. Skin is black, wrinkly skin, it's intact, and down near the bottom uh edge of it, black feathers grew out, about uh a hair grew out like this. And you sometimes will see in a teratoma even teeth. And and the kid's leg's alright. But this kid will grow up with a place on his leg, you know, that it's a it's a genetic screw up. Yes.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about right now. Have, they don't understand, feel, et cetera. How do you convey depression? I mean,
0: your interpreter. I can't imagine have a word for that or stroke. How is that
1: informed <clears> today? <throat>
0: well, the answer would be with much difficulty, but in limited understanding. But I'm I'm i saying all that just to try to outline the job that those who who come to bring the gospel. That's what we're looking at. And, uh, and I think some of it comes without words. It comes by touch and attention. And, uh, uh, and people know, people know whether you care or not. They know whether, they know whether or not, they, they know whether or not they think, you think that they were worth the time that you spent with them. And so I think that's, that's, that's the blessing of the medical mission. And we give people, we give them, we, we give them, Medicine for pain, but we talked to them a little bit about that, and and uh, what we're doing is just uh, get the door open, that's all, just get, get the door open a little bit, you know. Many people believed on Jesus because of the good deeds that they did in healing the sick, and they speak for themselves, I think I'd say that, they speak for themselves. Yes. Okay. We're gonna round time in a minute when the boss says it's the end of. It. We can no, stop it. No, you've got it. ten more
2: minutes. All right, ten minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm native women, and of course, got you know. So, so on. Uh, and they're smiling, and they're standing next to you, or uh, got your arm around them, or whatever. But uh, are they the, the names of the uh, village? Are they some?
0: Peru. Well, the next okay. time you see one come up, you ask, you ask me and I'll, I'll tell you. There's a clinic in the Oceanica village. We were supposed to sleep upstairs there, but we went back to the other place to sleep. Though, uh, if you see them with American clothes on, I mean, Western clothes on, they, they may be the Peruvians, some of those were the Peruvians that were working with us, yeah, Christian Peruvians. But, um <laughs> like that's John Pearson's uh, granddaughter there. We had, uh, we had four relatively Oh, that's just a, um, oh goodness, that's the shower right square in the middle there. And the other shower is off to the left. The chickens are, of course, out here where the uh, cooking is going on. The chickens are also in the kitchen. That's the kitchen there. And the chickens are on the floor, the dogs on the floor, and the pictures are upside down. Okay. Uh yes. You've gone there and you
2: have medicated these people but and take care of them right then. Right. But when you drive away
0: But I tell them if this medication helps you, they, they they've got river transportation and you save the, the little box that comes in and if and you can get some more of this and you can buy it in a pharmacy you can buy it over the counter and it's reasonable and it's affordable. And um uh, uh and, and that's all we do. That's all we do. We give 60 or 90 days worth. Um uh, 60 or 90 days worth is, in my opinion, with think Joey, it's worth the trip. It's worth the trip down there. It's a it's a it's an initial statement, and 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 the Christians who go down there and work with them will bring more. Yes. Well, Paul, follow, um, following up on that, what kind of um, medical service do they have? I mean, you you did diagnosis that requires yeah. some medical treatment. What um, uh, they have very little. The babies are born at home. Uh, there um, there was one man who said he helped some of the babies to be born. Uh, they don't go anywhere. There's not a, a midwife that comes in. And it was good news. Babies know how to get born. <laughs> and mothers know how to have them. And, uh, boy, I tell you, if, if you're 15 years old, you're married and pregnant. <laughs> and uh, a bunch of young girls with babies. A uh, b- bunch of young women with babies down there. Uh, and the Oshininka were a youthful group of people. Very few uh, elderly people among them. The people back at the other place where the military was, and where we spent most of the nights. Uh, they, they were a little bit more westernized. I'll tell you what else, what we got to eat. We got, I got all the rice I ever cared to see. <laughs> they, their, their idea is this, they give you a plate. Five eighths of that plate is covered up with rice. Now we had, had some tea. good tasting stuff. There, there was a couple of women named Mama that knew how to cook in places where we were. And they cooked us some tasty stuff and, and um we had a number of people get what we call traveler's diarrhea, but probably not because we ate bad stuff. And, and, and they, and they fed us and, 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 and they did well mm-hmm. by us. We take our all, take our own water. Did they eat the, uh, all the chickens I was did they have brought out? Oh, we took, we did? took, uh, two chicken cooks full of chickens that didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You Talk about no old people there. What's the life expectancy the yeah. average? Yeah, you know, I don't know. We've seen some really old folks before. the 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 Peruvian, the Peruvian people, the Indians, they're little people. And you see the old men, the old men and old ladies, about this tall. And the younger, like I guess they're getting bigger, like everybody's in the whole world is, and and the guys. But these are not tall, big people. And uh, they they I don't know how old they are. But I'll tell you what. Wherever you go, you're gonna walk, and uh, I've had in other other times we've had an old man walk uh, six hours to tell me that he has pains in his knees when he walks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are there is education, yes, and uh, the uh, uh and in some of the places they actually will have a, a little a building that is a clinic, but there's nobody there at the clinic. But there are teachers. Yeah, there's, a, there's a Peruvian man that said, what do I need to say to these people so when you folks come back in a year or two uh, that I could be able to help them be prepared? And I gave him the little sermon about no words for feeling and the, and, and the difficulty they have in knowing how to express how they feel. And then, of course, when you don't know how to express it in joy and love and other things, when life is tough, what you're going to say is some version of I'm hurting. And and, and I think that's... Uh, yes? Are there other medical missions that go into that area? Or is that all they get from the you? Yeah, none none, of, none that we know of. Uh, this is a... The, the Ashaninka are essentially an unreached... Although there are people there that said they were Christian. And we had people make professions of faith and others that declared they were Christians... And uh, others that were reaffirming that they had had faith, and I think uh, what what we would hope for to come out of this is a is is a small group of people who will begin uh, discipleship classes with Jorge Ayala, and uh, and from that you 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 know you grow, and and, and that's the. That's the way. that it gets.
2: What is the candy?
0: What do they? Do- oh, they're they're they all yeah. They the the coca is a, looks like a big orange uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. There they are. Well, you'll see them. And you cut them suckers open, and there is a brown bean in there. Then you go into town on the dirt road. A guy's got a tarp laid out from here to the doors yonder, and and twelve feet wide, drying them right on the street, right downtown, right on the street, driving cocoa, cocoa. Am I saying it right? Cocoa. Well, it's whatever the bean is that makes chocolate. Yeah. said drugs. Yeah. What kind of drugs did you bring? Antibiotics and pain medicines and uh, worm medicine. We worm everybody. And vitamins and uh, antifungals, uh, drugs you can give a woman... For, for vaginal infections, uh, drugs for all kinds of. Uh, the good, the good news is that we don't tend to see a lot of really, really sick people. Medicines for blood pressure. Were you able to
1: dispense
0: them all? You're what? Were you able to
1: dispense them all?
0: Oh no, uh, we'll take some back, you know. But I mean, I'm just saying that's how much. You know, you you, you never know what you're going to use and what you need, mm-hmm. so you, you you bring you bring more. And you're gonna you're gonna use up some of them, but uh, like I'm I'm pretty sure we had in our supply of fifteen thousand ibuprofen, and I wrote you know about ninety ibuprofen to almost every person I saw. Well, a lot of that, a lot of, and and just one of the things you do is explaining to people about medicines that will help them with their pain. Did you get rid of the tape? No, uh, actually, I was afraid to. Uh, I told the mom about washing. And, and I first saw them, I thought that they were tiny little ticks. And um I only identified them in my own mind as really, I didn't know what they were. They were <clears throat> pretty well attached and you're told not to pull the tick out. Uh, but I told the mama um, about washing the head, hair every day and um and, and scrubbing it and, and trying to get them out. Yeah, you know, I don't think any of us got bad mosquito bit. We sleep under a, slip under a mosquito net every night. You have no lights, of course. You got a headlight, you know. Everything you got's dirty or wet. And if you get it wet and dirty, you can't wash it out. If you wash it out, it ain't going to dry. It's going to stay wet. All I ever got them dry was put them in front of the fan. When we got back to the motel room, blow a fan on them in the motel room, I got one pair of socks to dry like
2: that.
0: <laughs> Just wear the same clothes. Oh, I got... I, well, my greatest discovery in all this is, is baby wipes. I want to guarantee you, baby wipes are okay. <laughs> baby wipes can wipe your face and everything else you got. And, and 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 it's a good way to clean up when you don't have a you know when you don't have a, a real good shower. But if you if you're still pretty good at standing on one foot, you know, you don't you don't worry about it. you can't lean against the shower because the whole thing is falling. Out. <laughs> It is a, yes. This is a crazy question.
2: You said 15 year olds were married
0: and having babies. Oh yeah. What does married mean there? I don't know, because <laughs> we didn't see a marriage, but I mean they, 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 they lived with a man, so whatever, you know, a young man. Uh, lots of, uh, you know, would be teenage girls around here were suckling babies.
2: Well,
0: in the village you were saying, well, saw maybe 600 people. How large were the villages? There were two small <laughs> relatively small villages, but people would, would come to the village where we were from surrounding oh. areas. We saw a lot of folk. It wasn't like going to La Merced, where <coughs> um, you know, where we had a magician show on the square. Um, we had enough people to see all day long, every day we were there. We did five, five days five plus days and plenty so we treated everybody with good and it, of course when we'd been in la merced a couple of years ago many people were standing down the down the street to come see us you know but i i think it was a uh, joanne what would you say i think it's a very successful trip I, I feel real good about it I so true i
2: think one of the uh, blessings of of the whole trip is that when the people would come into your clinic they would be very polite and very somber and uh, thank us seeing them and that's the thing but when they were ready to get up and leave they'd have a smile on their face and some of them would hug you and try. give you a kiss on the cheek oh, yeah. and so um, it, it showed that they did welcome us and a lot of a lot of them when
0: they when they left they say, We hope you come back. And if you if you hug the children and you love all the children while you examine them, you might as well have hugged mama, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. People know you you, you, you. And so that's that's <coughs> the beauty of doing, I think, the well baby clinic. Oh. No. Yes. Were you a little surprised that you didn't take the combination Bible further the during the trip? No, I don't think that we were supposed to. I don't think that we, I'm going to tell you, it was a tiresome trip. It wore it wore this old boy out. I mean, as soon as we got through eating supper, at 7.30, I'm up there climbing in the bed trying to go to sleep. Because the darn roosters are going to be crowing at 4.30, and people are going to be stirring, and everything's going to be rolling at 5.30. You're going to be eating breakfast in the dark, ready to go jump on the boat. And ride a mile over to the other place, you know. Uh, I thought there might be some people that would be going that were not doctors or nurse or, but that would be going specifically to tackle that task. They will. There will be folk that will go there, and and that's uh, how Arthur, and 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 some of his uh, homeland missionary prudent missionaries. <laughs> they will be there, and they will revisit that place, and and they'll strengthen it, and. The good news, I think, is that our our missionary, Arthur Ivy, knows how to do evangelism. They know how to do it real. And when you get through, it's not just that you came to church and heard a preacher. These are people that are studying the scriptures, and they know they know the content of the gospel. And um, and so we've got some. Yeah. Okay, y'all. Thanks for. uh Yeah. Thanks for for letting me share about it. I, I'll I'll i probably not going to sing this more, so I'll hang around here. Anything else? Who had a hand? Yeah. You hear a lot about the drug cartels down there I wondered if you saw any No we didn't see that. What we saw was the people intervening and stopping us on the river and checking us all out, reading the manifesto and checking um everybody's passport. Come yeah. so sit in my chair. You so y'all give me back. We right did have home. a
2: dentist, and uh, we had an eye clinic
0: where we gave out reader glasses. Yes. and uh, So that was a bit yeah. of well, Y'all yeah.
2: find my pictures. You know we can listen to Paul just indefinitely, and I know he'll tell us more about that at another time. And with the Proclaimers, I know Albert Temples is going with the trip that goes in July, so the, I think they'll take the Proclaimers <clears throat> then. But thank you, Paul. We so appreciate you and Joanne for having gone on this mission. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I saw him come in. We already talked about you. And we're so thankful (laughs) you're here. (laughs) Wilfred and Stella. Our Bible verse today is, The Righteous Lead Blameless Lives. Blessed are their children after them, and that would be from Proverbs 27. So that 20, verse 7, that would be our Father's Day Bible verse that was chosen back in January, but it still seems like it's going to work pretty good today. For about the last, and Beth, you're right on the same page with me, for about the last 20,000 days, I've had the privilege of walking beside a righteous and godly man. Sometimes I skipped and sometimes I ran and sometimes I danced beside this man. I know his integrity. So the witness that we'll make for the second part of this verse, "Blessed are their children after them," our children will tell all of the fathers how blessed they are to have been children of a righteous man. So, Miss Betts, you're up. Uh, I just
3: have a couple of reflections and uh, and and. Specifically, they can hear me. Y'all can hear me, can't you? Yeah.
1: Go speak.
3: <laughs> can you hear me better now?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, our reflections are specifically for my daddy, but also for all of you fathers and grandfathers uh, out there. Um, and, you know, since Adam, there has never been a perfect family or a perfect father on this planet. And certainly ours is not one of those, and we could all give you a laundry list of our imperfections. Um, but... And I think most people say what's most important is what comes after the butt. So, so here that goes. Um, I think that one of the, the truly precious gifts that God our Father gives us in earthly fathers is a very, even though maybe very small, glimpse of His character and His nature through fathers and daddies. And there are three, uh, there are many, many, many names for, uh, our God our Father. But there are three, in particular, that come to mind when I think about my daddy um, and fathers. And one is, uh, it's also in Proverbs, that the the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and those who run to him are safe. And you have always been a strong tower for me. As a child, and as recently as this year, you have been a strong tower for me. Um, And the second is Jehovah-Jireh, which is God my provider and Daddies provide for their children, and many people sometimes who are not their children. You have always provided for our family well. Um, And the last name of God, our Heavenly Father, that that comes to mind about earthly fathers is Abba, which is Daddy. And you are Daddy. And children on this earth, whether it be through their biological father or grandfather or someone in their lives who serves as a father, can have a glimpse, a tiny glimpse, of the love that our Heavenly Father has for us. And you have been that for us and our family. And I love you.
1: I was afraid that I was gonna to have to follow my sister. She's the oldest. But <laughs> <laughs> you can be you can be comforted that my mom told us we were limited to sixty seconds. It's we too far off. Um So, a few words about this verse from Proverbs. Um, This verse from Proverbs was a reminder to me of the fact that for a child, being born into a household of righteous parents is a gift. For the parents, though, it is a choice and something that's willed every day. To be a child of righteous parents is a gift that we don't know that we have for a long time. That awareness comes at around age 25, maybe 40. (laughs) It's somewhere around the time we learn how to see the world through our parents' eyes. I'm standing before you on Father's Day, not as a father, which I am, but as a child. I was asked by my mother to say something relevant about this scripture, and in particular, as it relates to my father. I am sure that if my father had had a hand in it, I would not be standing up here at all. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, my short reflection will tell you something about my father, but I suspect it will tell you something about many of the fathers in the room and fathers who have gone before and who are present now to us in our memory. But the virtue of my father that stands out and that makes him a righteous man And me blessed is the virtue of stability. And I don't mean middle class stability. And I don't mean stability in the sense of dull but stable. I mean stability in the sense of someone who stays with. I mean someone who is steadfast in spirit. It means someone who possesses a kind of love that you can see through commitment that endures Day after day after day after day. It also means the virtue of making a great difference in the place where you're put, not wishing you had been put in a different place. You learn to bloom where you're planted. That is stability. And where my father is concerned, there is always a place to come back to. It is unchanged and unchanging. I hope this resonates with many of you as parents, but also as children. It's an incredible and awe-inspiring gift to be born of righteous parents, but for the parents and for a father, it is a series of daily choices that God inspires and of which I am the beneficiary.
2: <laughs> that was his surprise for the day. <laughs> Another parent up here. I'll go first. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful and joyful for this group, for our children, for our spouses, for all the beautiful days that you give to each of us. We're thankful for people who go on mission trips, who represent us unto the world, and who tell the world of the blessed gift of your Son. Please, Lord, be with us and know that we love you.
0: And today, if we're going to talk about the fathers, I want to tell you, I remember Andrew Jackson Smith, a man born in 1870, who was my grandfather that I never knew until he had had his stroke. I still remember how the old man smelled, and I think he's the first one that I want to visit with when, when I get there. And I remember my father, a man like you've heard described here today, steadfast. His his, his word was, was true. No foolishness there, dependable. And I thank God for that heritage. And it's a great blessing of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Have a
2: wonderful day.